Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 165 of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, and today we are going to be talking about selective tissue tension testing. Now, for physical therapists and occupational therapists, this should be a pretty common term in regards to how you evaluate patients. But if you are a medical provider who maybe is just getting into orthopedics or you see a lot of other non-orthopedic, non-neural issues in your office, but occasionally see that orthopedic patient, um, this is something that you're really going to want to pay attention to. And I think this will be very, very helpful in your practice when you get back to the office the next time you see an orthopedic or neural patient. But today, we are going to be talking about what selective tissue tension testing means. We're going to talk about the importance of knowing your anatomy. We're going to go over some activities on how to perform it. We'll talk about the differences between contractile, non-contractile, and neural tissues. And we'll give you some examples of selective tissue tension testing for all the above. But before we get going, I'd like to just pause for a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. A good night's sleep is what everybody needs. Fresh rest bedding will keep you comfortable all night. Our advanced textiles and weave wicks moisture and also regulates body temperature. This design, coupled with our all-natural organic antimicrobial, eliminates 99.9% of odor-causing bacteria, as well as dust mites, which are an allergen to many. Because our bedding stays fresh longer, it is eco-friendly, as it only requires washing once a month on average. This bedding is also known for its incredible softness. Our antimicrobial is all-natural and organic. No metals, waxes, chemicals, or nanos. Our sheets will never leach onto or into your skin ever. These sheets are safe for your entire family. Fresh Rest is designed and engineered by Maine Lee Technology Group, based in Wells, Maine, and our sheets are made for the USA. Fresh Rest Bedding is only available for purchase through our e-commerce website by visiting freshrestbedding.com. Once again, that's freshrestbedding.com. Welcome back. Well, I had no idea I was going to be doing a podcast on selective tissue tension testing till just recently. I don't know why it just struck me now. Really, it should have been one of the podcasts that I did in the first 10 podcasts of OrthoEvalPal when I first started doing this. Um, but, it, you know, I it just it came to my mind and I thought, you know, this would be a great topic to discuss, um, especially for young therapists or medical providers who don't always see orthopedic patients on a regular basis, this can really help refine your evaluation skills. Um, you know, we're going to, number one, talk about the importance of knowing your anatomy, especially origins and insertions of muscles um, and tendons, and also the actions of those muscles and tendons. And I think if you can really get a grip on that, that'll really help you with selective tissue tension testing. Um, this is also going to help you develop a better systematic approach to evaluating your patients, especially with musculoskeletal and neuro conditions. And not only does it help with your evaluation, but while you are performing selective tissue tension testing, you can start to develop your plan on how you're going to treat that patient. Um, and that can be very helpful also. But first of all, what is selective tissue tension testing more specifically? Well, it's a process used to determine if an affected musculoskeletal tissue is contractile, non-contractile, or neural. 
Okay, so what are examples of each of these? A contractile tissue is a muscular or tendinous tissue. Okay, it's kind of like a rubber band. You can stretch it and it comes back to its original position. Non-contractile tissue are structures like the joint capsule or ligaments and bursa. These are tissues that aren't so elastic-like. They're more plastic-like, like those those rings around six-pack canes. You deform it. It doesn't really stretch very well. It doesn't really come back to its original position very well. And then you have neural tissue, like nerves and the sheath around those nerves. Okay, And we'll be discussing how to kind of tease those out. It's important to understand that if a tissue has tension on it or not. So by tension, I mean if you contract a tissue, that's putting tension on it. If you stretch that tissue, that's putting tension on it. So an example of of muscular tissues, let's say, um, would be like testing the quadriceps. So you sit your patient on the edge of the table, and now we're going to be doing a lot of visualization here. So I just want you to kind of Think about this. I'll try to describe it as as well as I can so that you can kind of piece this together. We'll do different types of tissues and then we'll give you a little case scenario at the end so that it all kind of comes to you. Um, So you sit your patient on the end of the table and you're going to be testing their quads. Okay, so the knee is at about 45 degrees. You ask the patient um, to hold that position while you push down at the ankle and you're putting stress on the quad. So basically there's tension at the origin, there's tension at the insertion, and everything in between in that quadricep is working and there is tension on that. Okay, so that is a muscular scenario. Here's another example. Um, a patient takes a, a blow to the lateral side of the knee and the knee goes into valgus really aggressively. And you want to assess if the patient has, you know, problems with the medial stabilizing structures of the knee. So we know that if we do a valgus stress test at zero degrees of extension, that puts the capsule at its tightest position and you are stressing this non-contractile tissue. Now, if you flex the knee to about 25 degrees and you do the same valgus stress test, we've now taken the capsule, put it on slack, and we're isolating the MCL ligament a little bit more. Okay, So knowing what those non-contractile tissues do is very important in stressing them. Now, the other thing you should remember is that in that scenario, when we flex the knee like that, we also take the hamstrings, on and put them on slack. The quadricep is not in a very highly stressed position. So we have taken the muscles out of the picture and we have isolated the non-contractile tissues. Okay. So I want you to be thinking outside of the box a little bit differently when we, um, when we assess different types of tissues. So here is another example. Um, you have an 11-year-old outfielder, you know, playing baseball and quote-unquote throws his arm out. Okay, he has severe pain going down the arm. The arm is tingling. It's it's like a lightning bolt type of sensation. It's been a couple of weeks. It's still not getting better. Um, and you do a median nerve tension test. So you basically depress the shoulder. You start to extend the wrist, and when you do that, the whole pain, the whole arm becomes painful. So what you're doing is you're stressing that median nerve and the brachial plexus. Now. How do we tease this out from other things? Well, you're obviously stressing the shoulder, right? You're depressing the shoulder, so you're stretching the upper traps. That should hurt the upper traps, but it may not. 
You're extending the wrist. Um, when you extend the wrist, you're stressing the wrist flexors. And that's not just isolated to that area. You're getting pain through the whole arm. So that is more of a neural tension type of issue, which can also be painful. So knowing the tissues that you're stressing is very, very important. And knowing your anatomy is important. So now let's try to break down a diagnosis to see if we can kind of think in different directions with our evaluation. So we're going to give you a little scenario here, and uh, we'll go through this. You know, it's it's the season, uh, you know, it's it's getting close to Christmas, and delivery drivers are going crazy right now. Not only are they delivering lots of packages um, for Christmas, but the coronavirus is, uh, is rampant in the United States, and uh, these folks are delivering... Um, vaccines, and and it's crazy for these folks right now. So I thought I would use delivery drivers uh, for an example here. So we have a delivery driver who has a 45-pound box in her arms, and she steps out of the truck, and it's a 16-inch step down to the ground. Her right foot hits the ground, and she develops a severe pain in her right hip. So Without going through a, a comprehensive evaluation here so we can cut this down so that this podcast doesn't last an hour, we're just going to go through a couple things and we'll talk about the selective tissue tension part of this evaluation. So her biggest complaints are right lateral hip pain, no paresthesias, she has uh, more discomfort in the sitting position, especially if she is the driver, okay? So first of all, let's do some passive range of motion of the hip. So we flex the hip while the knee is in the flex position, okay, and the patient does not have any pain. We adduct the hip, which stresses the outer hip musculature, like the glute medius. We're stretching the um, tensor fascia lata, IT band structures, Um, and then we do hip abduction. So we're now stressing the adductor musculature. And then we do hip extension where we are stretching the anterior hip musculature and shortening the posterior hip musculature. So every time I do an activity with somebody, if it's a passive stretch, I'm thinking in my head, what am I stretching and what am I shortening? What tissues am I putting on tension? Okay, so remember now, all of these tests were done with the non-contractile tissues at rest. Okay, so we just put soft tissues on stretch, um, but the non-contractile tissues were not being strained here, okay, like the hip capsule and the labrum. Um, And then the other thing we did was we put the sciatic nerve on slack, okay? So now let's do an intraarticular evaluation of this hip, you know, so we do special tests like the fader, F-A-D-I-R, so flexion, adduction, internal rotation, and we are compressing some of those intraarticular structures, but while we are doing that, the knee is flexed, so there's not a lot of neural tension going on here, and then we're not stressing a lot of the muscular structures, okay, or those contractile tissues. We're working on non-contractile tissue right now. So, there's no increased pain with that. So we assume that the intraarticular structures of the hip are fine. We assume that the muscular structures around the hip are fine. Um, and so the other thing we're going to do here is let's do some, let's stress those tissues with uh, manual muscle testing. So you stress the hip flexors, the hip adductors, the hip abductors, and the hip extensors. 
and there's no increased pain in the lateral hip. Now, let's go ahead and, and check the neural structure. So we just did non-contractile and contractile structures. Let's go to the neural structures. So let's do a straight leg raise test with this person. And as we do that, we get up to about 45 to 50 degrees of straight leg raise, and suddenly there's a significant increase in lateral hip pain. Well, think about it. Are we putting any muscular tension on the lateral hip when we're doing a straight leg raise test? No, we're not. We are putting tension on the sciatic nerve, and we are stressing the hamstrings. So how do we take the hamstrings out of the picture? We can bend the knee while doing that straight leg raise, and when we bend the knee, the pain in the hip goes away. So we took the neural tension off, but we also took the hamstring tension off. So if you really want to rule out the hamstrings, because sometimes that can be a source of discomfort, but not typically on the lateral side of the hip, you sit the patient up and you resist their hamstrings. So you stretch them and you contract them. And when you contract them, you'll notice that there's going to be no pain there. So what we did was we put tension on that sciatic nerve and it caused an increase in discomfort in the lateral side of the hip. That is a classic sign of an L5 nerve root compression. I see this a lot. I mean, I've seen patients who have had this lateral hip pain get injections for um, hip bursitis and, you know, suspected hip arthritis and, and issues like that. So you can see how we broke this all down. Um, and then the other consideration here is that this driver had much more discomfort in the lateral hip while sitting and driving. That means that that foot on the right side is reaching for the gas pedal, basically putting the leg in neural tension. Okay. So, it's a little different way of thinking about how to evaluate your patient, but you can see how we really were able to fine-tune this diagnosis here and get to it pretty quickly. So I know that is a lot of information, folks, and um, I hope that you leave the show today understanding selective tissue tension testing better. Um, you can do it with many different structures in the body, and this can all be verified with a little bit of palpation. Also, that can help to rule some other things out. But it's it's a it's a tool, and it's it's a way of evaluating your patient better. So I hope that when you get back to the clinic, the next time you see an ortho or neuro patient, um, it helps you streamline that evaluation a little bit more, and it makes you think about you know maybe revisiting studies the anatomy uh, just so that you can make these tests and these evaluations much more efficient and, and quick for you. Um, make sure that you stay tuned because I got so excited about doing selective tissue tension testing. It just opened up a whole world of videos that I can do on selective tissue tension testing different parts of the body. So I'm going to be doing some YouTube videos uh, on that. Uh, make sure you check out a YouTube channel. We just put on a pile of OrthoEvalPal merchandise on there too. So if you really uh, want to support OrthoEvalPal so we can continue doing what we're doing, that's a great way to do it. Um, we have also added a one and a half hour shoulder anatomy review with a cadaver dissection in conjunction. This is really cool. We talk about the anatomy, we break it down, we go through the cadaver dissection, and we apply that 
to function and to our evaluations and how we can evaluate patients and treat patients better um, by doing the cadaver dissection in conjunction with that. So there'll be a link to that in the show notes. Uh, Folks, OEP is continuing to grow and we want to continue to help educate people. I get comments on a daily basis about um, how we are helping folks and I just want to continue doing that. So again, thank you so much uh, for listening to OrthoEvalPal. I hope you all have a great day and happy holiday season. Um, Take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.